Tech Nation. Uh, we welcome you to a great episode. I think this is one that we're all excited for. Um, we, we, we are getting so close to kickoff. And so with that being said, we're going to start our series with um, positional breakdowns. Uh, today, we're going to be focusing on the defense and what better person to bring in from a former uh, Wolfpack player, uh, defensive guy, uh, Kitten Gibbs. Uh, Kitten, how you doing today? Oh, I'm great as always. Every day above six feet is a good one, but any day I get to talk Wolfpack football is an even better one. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love that enthusiasm. So uh, for those that don't remember you, and they, they, they probably should, right? I mean, you know, you, you were part of the part of the squad back in the day. I mean, you're not that old, so let me let me let me put uh, too many years on you. Uh, but just uh, give uh, anyone that doesn't remember you a little background on you. Uh, you know, when you were at state, when you played, uh, what you're well, up to now. Well, listen, if you if you don't remember me from my time at state, it's all right. I spent much more time in the cold tub or in the training room than I did on the field. I had the heart of a warrior, but the tendons of an eighty year old woman. <laughs> With that being said, um, I played defensive <laughs> tackle at NC State. I was part of Doran's first recruiting class from 2013 to 2016. So um, the, the biggest thing, the, the biggest moment in my uh, career at NC State was recovering the fumble that, uh, in essence, put away the game at Syracuse, which was Doran's first ever ACC win. So that's that's my claim to fame. There you go. Uh, but, again, there you go. I promise you, Nobody like that's not gonna be a trivia night at uh what's what's the wing spot right around the street, uh right around the corner from NC State. Help me out, help me out. This it's the wing spot that by the wings. There we go. Um, I promise you they're not gonna have it at trivia at by the wings. So nobody's gonna judge you if you don't remember me. Um now I have locked on both back. We do do our own trivia on the episode, so maybe we'll slide that one in oh, there. Oh, absolutely. One day. So don't don't sleep on that. Don't sleep I, you on know, that. I'd, I'd love to be a part of that. Uh, Robin Noel forced a fumble to help y'all out just in case they hit you with a bonus <laughs> point. Uh, so the, little, the big brother, Nerlens Noel. So, anywho, um, now I run the Locked On Wolfpack podcast where I still get to have lots of fun and, and you know, talk about NC State sports and still uh, be be very involved with it, even if I'm no longer doing it in the helmet and in shoulder pads. That's awesome. Um, and I know you're you're a I guess mission mission guard Michigander mission Michigander no, what do you yes Michigander? a Detroiter to be specific okay. but yes I'm a Michigander yes that's right that's right so before we get too far into this uh, Ali McNeil Lion how how do you uh, how do you like oh you I like was that? extremely excited when I tell you I was fired up yeah. I mean it, it felt like it was one of those moments where you just couldn't believe it because I. To, to see Lee McNeil last as long as he did in the draft wasn't surprising because, you know, um, defensive yeah. tackles are like, for whatever reason, teams are assuming that you can get those and they grow on trees. And I'm like, listen, most of them are like me. Like, we can play well, but it's a very limited window before something goes pop goes the weasel. So to see a guy like him who had the yeah. longevity, who played extremely well over a long period of time and who showed a ton of athleticism for his size – I was surprised he lasted as long as he did in the draft, but not really because of the position not being a premium. But, oh, man, when I tell you I was as excited as excited could be, it was like it was a great moment for me to to see him uh, get drafted to the Lions. And and so, you know, I it's it's one of those moments where that one of the folks that you rooted for in college goes to your favorite professional team. And, you know, the, I couldn't wish for much more. And for him to make the uh, all-rookie team as well. I know. One of those things that – you just, right. It's, it's right. a, a story made in Hollywood. 
It sure is. So the reason I brought that up is our first um, unit that we're going to talk about on Tony Gibbs, Tony Gibson's side of the ball is the uh, D-line. Uh, so I, as folks know, we run a 3-5-5, so we got three defensive linemen. Uh, we, we, bringing, we are bringing back a lot of talent. The, the one probably notable name that, that is going to be missing this year is Daniel Joseph. Um, he did gr- graduate and move on. Uh, so th- there's a lot of production that that needs to be filled there. He had six sacks, so we're gonna well, no, we'll talk about you know production here in, in a few minutes. But uh, we're bringing back Corey Durden, uh, first team guy last year. Um, so that's a, that's a great uh, grad transfer there. Um, CJ Clark will be returning from injury, uh, so you know obviously that's that's a bonus. And then Savion Jackson, who is uh, where that coveted number nine mm-hmm. uh, that so many people have made famous. Um, so just give me your thoughts there. That's our first team. And then, of course, our second team will be Davin. And this is all, by the way, this is all, you know, projections and so on and so forth. You know, we're recording this as of uh, 726. So camp hasn't even got started. That'll get started next week. But uh, based off that, second team should be, you know, Devin Van, uh, redshirt freshman, um, Joshua Harris, who I think we all, we're all going to be expecting big things from. He, In fact, he may even push, you know, for, for mm-hmm. some, you know, maybe some starting minutes. And then um, – Travell Price, who is also a redshirt freshman, so those—that's the projected first and second uh, teamers. And again, like I said, this is this is pre pre camp and pre uh, game one uh, roster drop, but depth chart. Excuse me. Uh, so just give me your thoughts there, uh, and tell me you know what you're expecting. This is so all that fascinating to me. This defensive line is so fascinating because when you think of the three three five, you think of undersized defensive linemen who are great with movement and, and you know, they, they create a lot of chaos via their movement. No. These are not little guys. I mean, yeah, all of the guys that you named, I want to say the only one under 300 pounds would be what, Savion yeah. Jackson? Like, this is a, a, a defensive line that you have experience, you have depth, you have, I mean, let's just be honest, a lot of talent. And so to see that, to see that coming back and to see that you have – production returning to see that you have guys who had to step up last year and CJ Clark's absence returning, but a, a guy in CJ Clark that you're looking at and saying he can play the role a lot like Lee McNeil did where he's going to clog up a lot of lanes and he's going to let uh, Peyton Wilson, Drake Thomas and Isaiah Moore run free. That is, it's, it's very interesting to see because it's not, it's a rarity for the three, three, five. When you think about the three, three, five, you don't think about this and Tony Gibson is as good of a coach as I have seen in terms of defensive coordinators at the college level. But we all know the old saying, it's not about your X's and your O's. It's your Larry's and your Joe's. And he's got some bad boys coming back up front, including, like you alluded to, uh, first team all ACC guy, Kelly Durden, who, you know, at the end of the day, you look at a grad transfer, you heard some of the concerns about, oh, is he mature or whatever the case may be. And from day one, he has showed up and been a consummate professional, even at the amateur level. So, I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing to see uh, what this defensive line is doing. And I look forward to them building upon what they had last year. I look forward to them having more help this year than they had last year, having the guys who had to step up and play last year, fill in the rotation as well to, to uh, add into the depth. And to be honest, this is going to be one of the more formidable fronts in the ACC uh, but they they just they feed into what this defense does very well because while they're big guys, they can still do all the movement and slanting and twisting required of a three three five. So it's it's an amazing thing to see 
that these guys are as big as they are and still do the things that the three three five requires at a high level. Absolutely. Yeah, so great you to see. so you mentioned, you know, the first the first team right there, but the depth I think is what's gonna be really great because last year a lot of those guys had to step up in the absences of CJ Clark. I, I know I, you know, I think uh I think Savion got hurt some at some point last year, if I if I don't if I'm yeah, not Savion mistaken. Mm-hmm. So those were reps last year where what was that now, Mackenzie? I think Savion played nine games. He was out for three. Yeah, I think so. I think he missed a few. I missed. I think he missed a few games. So, um, where where I was going to go with that is th- these these are guys last year that on your second team could very well easily be first team guys. Like you're not you're not there's not a drop off. Um, and 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 it and it shows because you know I, I remember Coach Doran after the Carolina game. You know after his press conference, he said in that game we and we'll talk more about the other players. We were missing seven of the original eleven starters that started the season. So, you know, and, and, and this will show up on in the other areas, too, when we talk about the other uh, units. But for someone, I, I think that off that second team that's going to have a monster year is Joshua Harris. Um, I think he's lost like 30 to 40 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. So, they, you know, they're saying that he's just gotten so much stronger and quicker, um, you know, in, in Coach Thunder's program. So off that second team who do you who do you see that could be a real breakout kind of kind of player for us well you took the words out of my mouth but let me tell you something about Josh Harris i with the first time i ever saw him play i said to myself if he can drop about 30 he's going to be a problem he's going to be a problem because the strength was there but of course you expect the strength out of a guy that size the explosiveness and the ability to create knockback and penetration Knockback is the ability to reset the uh, line of scrimmage as soon as the ball is snapped. For those of you who don't understand, it's a very football jargon type of word. But the ability to do that is vital. It's vital because, I mean, if you think about uh, what most colleges do now with spread and all that good stuff, right? The reality is it's dressing the pig. They still want to attack the A gaps to B gaps in the same way that ISO did back when uh, back when. Lloyd Carr was at Michigan and they were running pro style offense. Or when you think about uh, what Saban does at Bama, or when you think about less miles at LSU in that power game, it's not these offenses, even as much as we think about the spread, they're not predicated on getting the ball sideline to sideline so much as we want to spread the defense thin and boom, hit a gap. But the reality is a guy like Josh Harris, if he can come in and spell CJ Clark or even potentially be the starter there and do things that make that a, a really tough competition where you don't have a one and a two, you have a one A and a one B. That is going to be absolutely monumental for this defense. That to me, CJ, CJ Clark is who he is and we're expecting him to be healthy and come back great. But I'm going to tell you now, the Josh being a, a guy who, like we already talked about, has slimmed down, has gotten stronger, has gotten more explosive. Him being a guy who recessed the line of scrimmage sets the tone. From there, it's football and ba- baseball have one thing in common. You want to be strong up the middle at every level. And the ability to have a nose guard that absolutely destroys those two A gaps, it's it's as a as a defensive lineman, I'm frothing at the mouth thinking about it because it, that's one of those things that just gets me excited. So, so, so looking at some of the stats here, um, you know, from last year, uh, Joseph, uh, like I said earlier, we, we, he, he's, he's moved on. So he had six sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Van had four sacks. Durden had three and Conte had three. 
So that was 16 sacks from the defensive line. So, but you're having to replace nine sacks uh, from that squad last year. Now we did have Durden kind of moving around last year because of injury and all of that. So I, I'm, I'm expecting his, his production probably to go up a few out of the group that we've talked about, who's the guy that you're looking really to start, you know, wrecking havoc in the backfield, getting to the quarterback. Cause that was something that we at times last year struggled doing. Savion Jackson's going to have to step up as a pass rusher. He's uh, like, there's no if, ands or buts about it. Uh, and you know, one guy who in the three, three, five, yes, you have three linebackers on the field, but oftentimes your Sam ends up being the tested line of scrimmage and acting as a fourth rusher. And Vi Jones was important in that role and he's moved Correct. on as well. So the reality is Savian Jackson and, and, the thing is, you don't replace a Daniel Joseph one for one nine times out of ten. That's he was a very quality player. That's not going to happen. Everybody's going to have to elevate their game. But if I'm looking at one guy that I'm gonna say I'm gonna look at him when we're you know when the brakes are beating us and I need somebody to take us home or when we need one stop, I'm gonna look at Savion and say, hey, this is your team. If this team is gonna be great, if this defensive line is gonna be great, not good, not good. If y'all are gonna be great, you sir have to find a way to be a guy who draws double teams and beats those because at the end of the day, we all know football is about changing the math. And realistically, in the 335, you're always going to be outnumbered in terms of pass rush unless you're sending a lot of pressure. So with that being said, if you got a three to four man rush going, somebody's got to be a guy who beats the numbers, who changes the math. Savian, I'm looking at you. Change the math. Corey Durden is going to be a guy that who you expect a lot of as well. But with him being who he is, I don't have any doubts there. You're wearing number nine. You're going to be the guy. Be the guy. Period. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. That's a, that's a great point there. Before we continue, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group, that has your whole world covered with agents in five offices throughout Eastern North Carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need. Offering policies for home and auto, recreational vehicles, commercial, crop, health, life, and employee benefits. They are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Jessup protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. Um. So let's talk about a little bit about the rush defense because um, you know it starts up front with the with the push from those guys, and then obviously you get your second you know your linebackers filling gaps. Last year we averaged about giving up about um, 124 yards a game, so not bad there. I, I don't I don't think. Um, so so with with that being said, though, um, I, I I I would be okay with again this year um i i don't know where that ranks you know the acc and so on and so forth but um talk a little bit about like our our, our rush defense because you know between you know the up up front the d line and the linebackers fill in their gaps um i i think we'll still be solid there i don't think i don't see a drop off in that in that regard what do you what are your thoughts there i agree i agree and here's what i'll say about that run defense of the 124 yards allowed per game, <laughs> uh, I want to say that half of those belong to Sean Tucker on his own. I mean, he kept Syracuse. He, you know, they say they put the team, some people put the team on their back. Well, listen, <laughs> he put the team on his back and his girdle, wherever they had to go in order for him to carry him to the end zone. But now, 
with that being said, uh, I think that this is I think that the production should match or exceed what it was last year. But I think that this is a situation where um, it is it is incumbent upon the defensive line to set the tone. If we're talking about the Russian defense, we know what our linebacking core is. We know we saw we saw it last year. You lose the Superman of the group, Peyton Wilson. The the play elevates. You lose the cerebral guy of the group in Isaiah Moore. And then Drake Thomas all of a sudden becomes one of the best mics in the country. You know what this linebacking core is. However, it's not just about them. When you talk about run defense, this is about everybody buying in to stopping the run. It's about safeties getting their fits properly. It's about the defensive line reestablishing the line of scrimmage. It's about our edge contained guys funneling the ball back to where it needs to go or making it bounce to where we're not getting north and south. We're going east and west. So I, I think that the rushing defense should be at least as good as what it was last year. But I'm going to tell you this. This is my only concern about this defense. The rushing defense is not as much of a concern. And, and I'm not talking about the rushing, running defense in particular, our ability to stop the run. It's the idea that we're, everybody's been excited about this defense. Ever since we got over being pissed off about the Holiday Bowl being canceled and there being no replacement, yeah. we were all excited about this defense coming back. The The problem is, the, the potential problem is if you get fat and happy. If you think, oh, we've arrived now, boys. Everybody's talking about us as some of the, yeah. we got the baddest linebacking core of all. We, we got, you know, we got all this and that going for us. You know, we just going to step up. That is complacency and the idea of I've arrived is something that you always yep. want to beat back with the biggest stick possible. And, you know, the the some of the disrespect that's lobbed at NC State and the brand that is NC State during the offseason works to help that. But our again, our running defense should be as good or better than it was last year. If not, with what we're seeing in terms of let's just be honest, the it's what your team is is a lot like the dating pool. It's about comparisons, right? The 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 better the better looking the the folks are around you, the the lower you know you start looking at your partner like, yeah, your nose kind of funny looking. There's all these models out here, you know. They, all these guys are built like bodybuilders, you know. Your arms kind of puny, but that's the reality. Is the ACC is seeing a yeah. little bit of a decline in terms of talent across the board, and so if this defense cannot reproduce what it did last year or better there will be questions about what what was the problem what was going on because i haven't seen anybody come into the conference yeah. i'm like oh man that guy he's gonna be a you know he's gonna be you got jameer gibbs leaving the conference you got mateo durant leaving the conference you got and granted we didn't play those guys but you got some of the best backs in the league are gone now and so if you cannot stop the run at the same level as you did last year I'm going to be looking at you. You're looking funny in the light, as they so, would say where so I'm from. You, you gave the analysis of a, of, your, of, your, of a dating partner. I'm telling you right now, if NC State were to show up on my dating app, I'm swiping right every time. So, so I'm good there. But um, so so tomorrow, um, again, this recording is of 726. The, um, the um, ACC will announce their preseason selections. And, and at the end of the day, it's just fun talk, right? Like it doesn't mean anything. You still got to show it on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bunch of writers that mostly have never even Absolutely. put a put a helmet on their head. Um, and they're all now armchair quarterbacks. But 
uh, obviously Corey Durden was a, a first team uh, all conference guy at the end of last season. Who on this on this unit do you uh, would you expect or you know would get some of those considerations? You know, honorable mention first team team. Uh, who, who, what are your thoughts on on, on that? D line, no, still, still D line. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do this for every position group. Okay, so if we're so if we're talking D-line, I don't think that there is anybody else that would get heavy consideration. Maybe Savion Jackson, because while his season was cut short, he was very effective at yeah. the time that he was able to play. Like, that's just the reality there. This, and, you know, that means something. However, and in the words of Bill Parcells, the best ability is availability. So that may end up hurting him in the uh, long run. But I, I think that Savion is the only other guy – that should be looking for, you know, or should be shocked if there isn't even a, a preseason honorable mention situation uh, going for him. But all the rest of you guys, let's be honest. You're a bunch of no-names. But you want to know what one of the greatest defenses no of all time defense. was? The no-name defense of the, what was it, <laughs> yep. the 1972 yes. yep. Dolphins? Yep, Am I that right? was the undefeated one. Yep. The, the, the only undefeated team in NFL history uh, from start to finish, they had the no-name defense. So guess what? No name guys in that room. It don't matter if people know your name right now. Go make them know your name. And, and I think it's safe to, to assume the way the, the kind of the guys you know, and, and you can definitely attest to this. The coach, uh, the, the the type of players, the coaches on the staff uh, recruit and develop. They're not looking for that recognition, right? They they want wins and losses on Saturdays, the occasional Thursday. They want to they want to have a chance to be in the conversation at the end of the season. Um, you know, an ACC championship game and some great postseason potential. Um, but it is, it is kind of fun to you know have some good chatter in the locker room. I'm sure, and you know, kind of you know yuck it up a little bit. But uh, I, I, I'm excited about about this unit. I, I think it's going to be. Pr- I, I if I had to rate the three units, I would say this is probably the most underrated unit. Um, just from a from an ACC perspective. Um, I think, you know, obviously when we get to the linebackers here in a few minutes, they, they get all the love. Uh, the secondary is, is, uh, very strong, um, based on, um, you know, their postseason accolades and I think what they're going to, you know, what we have returning there. So, um, Michael or McKenzie, you have anything to add about our, our deed line? Any yeah. thoughts, uh, players you're looking for? I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the, just the versatility. We touched on it and, you know, we saw last year Corey Durden slide over and play more nose when he was playing end um, after CJ Clark went out um, and, and Savion Jackson, like getting that the coaching staff, getting um, having that trust and faith in him to give him that number nine, you know, that's a special number as we all know. And so uh, like, Ken, I'm, I'm excited to see him. I think he'll have a, a big year um, and, and be most effective in the pass rush, hopefully, because we, you know, like in, in the three three five, you know, you don't get that traditional edge rusher really. Um, so you got to make it up in some places, whether that's with with more blitzes or you know a guy like Savion who hopefully can can add that pressure off the edge. And I was saying, kind of like what y'all were talking. Yeah, I I I one hundred percent. Okay. Um, I just feel like because no, of go all ahead, the McKenzie. injuries that did happen last year, it's very beneficial for the guys that did have that moment to come out and show who they were, even if they weren't like now their second second string as of now before camp even starts. But like Davin Van, people like that, like I feel like they really showed out last season with all the injuries. So I feel like training camp is going to be very entertaining to see who actually will be starting on game one. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like you said, Greg, we were just projecting that. Like, you know, I think the only one, I think the only one really that's locked in would, would that I would be surprised if he wasn't starting is Corey Durden and, and Savion Jackson, but like they could interchange, interchange the other, the other couple of guys. One of the things that I want to piggyback off that McKenzie said there was about Davin Van, okay? Of all of the guys that we have coming back in this front, Durden is not the guy that led this team in sacks. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about returners, it's Davin Van. So he's a guy who, local product, he's shown up, he's shown out when he was asked to step in and fill into those roles. So like McKenzie said, it's a situation where, you know, my my family always told me in every situation there is a silver lining. There is something to be to to hold your head up about. And in this situation, and all the injuries that we had last year, and talking about hey, eight of our starters were going for the last game. You saw guys like Davin step up in ways that you're like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, who's this guy again? When he committed, I, I didn't hear too much about it. It was, it was like a, a thief in the night. He just kind of snuck in and signed his letter of intent. And, and this wasn't somebody that you thought like, oh, man, he's going to be a huge pass rusher from day one. And yet he showed up. He showed out. And so, like you all said, we are talking about these guys via projections. Right. We don't know who right. the starter's going to be. Because it's hard to bench that type of production out of a – was he a true freshman or a redshirt freshman? Uh, I want to say right redshirt. Give me one second. He, he was a red – he's a redshirt freshman this year. So, 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 um, was, yeah. so it – so it was – it to see that production out of a guy that that's his first time seeing live game action, because we can all – practice is one thing. But when you got – the lights get a little brighter, the crowd is as loud as they want to be, the, the stadium get a little hotter, everything is just different on that Saturday, on that Thursday night, on whenever you're playing. And he showed that he could perform. So, McKenzie, you're spot on in saying a guy like Davin Van coming in via injury, it may have been a blessing for this team going forward. Yeah, 100%. I don't – I mean, we definitely – don't get to nine wins without these young guys last year stepping up and playing big minutes, um, big roles, uh, big plays. I mean, you just keep using the word big all around for that. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I make, I, again, th- I think, you know, if, and if you had to rate the groups one through three, I would say that this would be the <laughs> third rated group, but that's no disrespect yeah. on them. Like this is a, a good defense. So, um, that that's not a slight. Oh, yeah, do you do you disagree? Either. You think I'm I'm not sure if this group is three. Oh. I'm not sure. I think okay. that they're a distant two. I think they're a distant two for number one. I don't think they're three. Oh. I don't think that this okay. group is three. I, well, you know, and, and I may be biased. Yeah, you're a big, you're, biased. you're one of those big uglies. You're one of those big uglies. But. Hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm one of the big pretty guys. You understand that the big ugly, the big uglies is the offensive lineman. That ain't, that ain't me. Oh, all okay, right? That ain't okay. me. I, I do my sack dance and all that, you know, just letting you know. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I consider all linemen big uglies. I mean, hey, I was a lineman too. So, I mean, look at this face. I have a face for radio. So, um, but with that being said, I think we're going to cut it right here um, because I, I don't want to talk about the linebackers because that's going to be that's going to be a good conversation. I think we could we could easily get lost in the linebacker conversation. So the <laughs> ultimate cliffhanger, Wolfpack Nation, you got to come back for part two. Uh, we're we're going to talk some more. Uh, you know, we're talk linebackers. We'll talk secondary. We'll talk a little bit more about expectations for next season. So please come back. 
Um, we'll, we, we will, we promise to deliver. <laughs> there will be no clickbait. Uh, so with that being said, Wolfpack Nation, we appreciate you. Don't forget yeah. to like, subscribe, hit that bell. I think that's all of them. But just come back for part two. All right, Wolfpack Nation. All right, we'll see you next time.